G'day and welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life and those in life chat music and more. I'm John Murch and today's chat, by the way, was recorded in late 2020. During the promotion run for the single, Wonderful, Shannon Knoll took some time to have this unscripted chat about the music and his life. Shannon Knoll, welcome to Radio Notes. G'day, mate. How are you? Doing well. Thanks very much for joining us. What was the production team like behind the single Wonderful before we start talking about your wonderful life? Yeah, mate, really good. Uh, Dan Skeed is uh, sort of the brains behind the whole thing. He um, had a great idea at the start and then we went back in and worked on it. And then because it was his baby, mate, we sort of let him run with it a little bit. And he did a really fantastic job. He's a fantastic producer and, and writer and, and uh, actually singer and performer as well. So, can we talk to about your passion for getting back to the power ballad and how this really is a signature into that? I've always loved power ballads so much. I think out of all the big, a lot of big heavy bands, they're remembered for their power ballads. You know, when you actually listen to their album tracks or their, their other singles, they're all a lot heavier than you might have thought they were. So I think that there's a real place for a power ballad and there always has been. So it was really great to get back. And I also do a love song. I haven't done a love song per se, in a long time. So it's it's great to be back in that area again with, with this song and just the way the, the melody uh, builds and, and the power of it and that as well, I was sort of really taken with it. So it was just a joy to, to be a part of. Sounds like there may have been a little bit of love or at least an addition to the family in the last couple of years. How's it been being a young father again? Because last time, if I remember correctly, you were in uh, America when the uh, now teens were growing up. Yeah, mate, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know about a young father again, but a father, a father of a young child again anyway. Mate, yeah, it's, it's terrific. You know, um, I'm really, I think this time around a little bit, I'm, you know how grandparents, I, I sort of say I'm more like a grandfather this time because I sort of do so much more in the moment and you don't want to miss anything. And I think when you're a young father, you, you're focused on providing for the family and putting food on the table and trying to build up some some sort of life for your family, you know, um, where this time around I just didn't want to miss anything and, and be able to hang out. And I think that's probably the, the one, if there's any good things, stay at home and, and be with a little fella. So um, it's been a real joy the last few months. And, I mean, consequently now it's hard <laughs> to get out of the house without him throwing himself down. But it's been gorgeous. And like I said, with the other kids when they were younger, I was overseas a lot and on tour a lot because back then we'd tour for sort of three months straight, you'd only come home a couple of times during that time. So you're away for big periods of time and obviously you missed a lot of things, you know, first days of school, birthdays and, you know, losing the first tooth and all that sort of thing. So, you know, there's a lot to catch up on uh, this time around. So it's been, you know, like I said, it's been amazing to be able to be home and, and just be in the moment and, and, you know, be really hands-on. You've actually gone back to... Well, the country, and we spoke recently, yeah. uh, Andrew Ferris of In Excess, and that whole idea of actually just ripping yourself out of this big sort of city kind of fame, whatever that yeah. may be for you personally, Shannon, and finding something yeah. new. We've been talking about it for years, a tree change, as we call it, instead of a, instead of a sea change. But it was just at the beginning of when COVID started really hitting in early May. We moved out onto seven and a half acres out near uh, Picton Way, so it's on the on the outskirts of Sydney. But it was just fantastic, mate. I mean, during the whole lockdown time, I was sort of going a little bit nuts because you couldn't go to the gym and and you couldn't sort of really leave the house. So I was sort of like fussing over the lawn, mowing the lawn three times a week just to try and uh, cure the boredom but, and watching lots of Netflix. So <laughs> there wasn't a lot to do. So when we got out there, I just sort of 
involve myself in just all little farming stuff, which is obviously, you know, a connection back to my childhood and where I where I grew up. So I was building chicken pens and veggie patches and, and my daughter's got a horse and, and I've still got the horse that the fans bought me in 2013 for the 10th anniversary of the show. They bought me a, a young Appaloosa filly and she's just a gorgeous horse. So my wife sort of claims her now, but just to have the horses here with us and be able to just go out the back, because that's what I had as a kid, you know, just walk out the back door, jump your motorbike and away you go. So I sort of wanted to bring, give that opportunity to the kids again, you know, it's been a little bit of a uh, adjustment with my uh, second eldest is doing a school-based apprenticeship back in the Shire where we live. So sort of an hour's drive back across the home. He's not going over and back every day. He's going over and stay. He's just doing one leg a day. But still, it's a bit of a strain and a bit of a concern. But um, the, but he loves it out there and, mm-hmm. and loves the farming sort of stuff as well. So it's been a lot of fun and been very rewarding too, you know, with some of the, the stuff we've been doing there. Let me ask you a very trivial question. Get this one out of the way. What's your favourite leek recipe? Well, I've just been putting them in lots of stir fries and things like that. But we do um, zucchini slice. So I'm going to have zucchinis as well. So we do leek and zucchini slice. I've got that many eggs. It's crazy at the moment. We get nearly a dozen a day. So I've been farming it. I've been giving the eggs to all the, all the neighbours because we've got so many. So. All right. Are you talking to the chooks? Are you sort of mothering them? Uh, a little bit, yeah, because we've had a heap of the hens go clucky. So we've been um, putting all the Australorb eggs on them. Because the funny part was, is when we lived on a property in 2012 down in Melbourne, we got chooks and that down there, then they were probably 20 bucks each. And during, especially with COVID, like you could not buy a chook anywhere. Like everyone just decided uh, to, to get their own eggs and become self-sufficient if they could during all this panic during the pandemic, I suppose you'd say. The, the purebred chooks that we got in the end, the Australorps, were like 150 bucks each. So it's mind-boggling. So now whenever we get one go clucky, we put a heap of Australorps eggs under it. We got, so we've got a heap of little Australorps chicks there at the moment. So it's really great. The little fella loves it. We've got some family coming up with younger ones in it over Christmas. So I think they'll love the little petting zoo, I suppose, farm petting zoo thing that we'll have going when they come up. You get to round out the year wonderfully. You've got birthdays yeah. around that time. You're ending the yeah. year with a home concert. And what did you have planned for the end of 2020? It's been great. So we, we sort of got gigs right up. And the biggest thing with it is we're not – a lot of them, are, we're driving to all of them. So they're all regional in New South Wales, most of them, right down from Danny all the way up to sort of Coffs Harbour like we did on the weekend. But just not having to worry about airports because obviously COVID numbers, it impacts a lot on the, on your bottom line. So um, – being able to just drive to a lot of these places has been really fantastic. And, and they're also, a lot of them are the southern side of Sydney, which is the side I'm on as well. So it's pretty uh, convenient just ducking down. Like we're two hours from Goulburn, so it's not too far. So two hours, an hour from Goulburn, two hours from Canberra. So it's a great little um, just to shoot off on the weekend, pack the car and away you go, just like the old days a little bit. So instead of dragging yourself through airports like it's been for the last 15 years. So it's been a lot of fun. And, We've got a few local leading up towards the end of the year and then um, I think New Year's Eve is just up the road at Picton. So great to have them gigs that you can actually go home and sleep in your own bed. Let's take you back to the old days and I'm talking about Orange, which is a few decades ago. But how much did that inform the Shannon of today and how Shannon is now teaching the next generation? Yeah, mate, Orange is a wonderful place. Obviously, I was born there and so was Cody. My eldest. So um, it's great. It's just amazing to be able to get to these smaller communities. You know, I think they've obviously been hit really hard by COVID when they probably didn't have too many 
cases or anything, but we all had to go into the lockdown, as we were told. So to be able to get out and play some shows at these small communities is uh, really important to me, obviously. So we sort of take the show to the people instead of uh, expecting them to get, you know, because it's it's a it's an expensive exercise. I mean, I take it from how I know because having to go to Sydney to watch a band um, back in the day, you know, you've got you know, a couple of nights of accommodation, a couple of tankfuls of fuel and spending money and whatnot, So, and then ticket price money as well. So to be able to go out there, even if it's a strip-back show like what we're doing with the acoustic setup, that's uh, it's always a nice feeling to get out and, and just interact with those people too and because they've been hit really hard with the drought and, then, and then, then COVID, so to be able to get into them towns, people really appreciate you making the effort to, to go out and, and support them as much as they're supporting you. So it's always something that I think uh, is, is very important to look after those communities. How are you doing with it, Shannon? You've been through a lot of this ebbs and flows of what the drought does for the farm yeah. life and everything that's happened with that as well. How are you feeling and dealing with that in 2020? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm actually out of the moon at the moment because uh, they're having a bumpy year out, out west this year, you know. Um, like there's there's more crop out there than they've had out there in, in a decade. So just to see, and I, I drove back to Condo a couple of weeks ago just to visit Michael for his 60th and, and just the, the state of the, the countryside is magnificent at the moment. So everywhere you look, there's grass, you know, up to your hip sort of thing. So see families that you know struggle so much through the through the drought and lost so much i've got friends out there that they had fifteen thousand sheep two years ago and now they've got four thousand you know like 1.6 million dollars worth of stock that they've lost in the drought so pretty hard to keep going uh looking down the barrel of another dry hot windy day so that particular family at the moment the friend of mine is uh, they're harvesting you know bumper crops so you know i think to see that happening at the moment is a real shot in the arm for everybody's mindset out there and, and definitely great to see, you know, the, the spring in people's step when you, when you go out and visit these places because obviously if farmers do well in the area, they spend money in town and then the, the community benefits from that as well. So, and like even little things like my hometown condo, the, the, uh, the lake went dry because of the drought and they've, they've just refilled that again now, which is fantastic. Is that small little lake, man-made lake brings brings in about a million dollars worth of revenue to that uh, community every year just with people from out of town coming in to use the lake. So little things like that just mean the absolute world to people out there, mate. So it's just tremendous to see. For us, particularly in South Australia, radio rentals is obviously where you're pretty big for a while. So I'm wondering about that engagement of your music that comes with so much passion and drive, and I use that word intentionally, and the commercial reality yeah, well, mate, you know, I, the, at the end of the day for me, uh, it's a career path and a, and a business and an income. You know, on the, on the same token, it's a passion and there's so much love for, for what I do as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, I've got family to feed and, and you've got to do what you've got to do to try and put food on the table, you know. And, and a lot of years ago, there was so much angst around ad campaigns and TV commercials and all that sort of thing, you know. But, I mean, it's okay to have an opinion on that if you, you know, if Led Zeppelin or something, and you know, you probably don't really need the money, you know, but we're uh, 2% of the world market here in Australia. So there's a lot of hard work to go to get some sort of income enough to, to sort of support a full-time musical career. So the reality of it is, is like my name's on the ticket, but everybody gets paid before I do. So, and yeah. if there's anything left at the end, then um, that's what I take sort of home after you pay commissions and, and then tax on that. So, a lot of people that are relying on you to, to try and create this income, obviously, that, that you sort of just take what's left at the end. So 
you know, you got to work really hard, and, and that's I suppose that's my touring record suggests that you know we're doing like ninety to hundred shows a year every year. You know, that's been consistent probably right the way through. So brings me to this quote, and this is where I was heading with it. With Shannon, it's total charisma, and that's from Molly Meldrum, no less. I'm wondering how much of the larrikin is still living within you and how much you want to pass that on to the next generation as well. Yeah, the, for instance, the Greyhound ad campaign, when they sent through the treatment, that's sort of, I mean, they were really, really struggling at that time. They, they had 300 buses that they had totally uh, grounded. So, you know, so many people out of work and the original Greyhound company was created here in Australia and, and it's the one that went overseas. Obviously, they went independent and owned it out right over there. But the original idea was from a bloke who um, he had a car that he's driving down to, from um, Gold Coast to Byron to go and see his girlfriend. I think he started bringing, take, giving people a list. So that's how the whole thing started. But we just love the treatment because, I mean, I don't mind having to taken the mickey out of myself if you know what i mean i really enjoyed the concept and, and as it i believe it translated in the performance as well you know which i'm really really proud of but in coming back it's the australian larrigan is i don't know it's concerning times because just the way with political correctness and things like that people you know you can't get away with too much these days you know which is a real shame because i don't think any aussie larrigan was ever you know, directing it in a derogatory way towards anybody else it's just a, the aussie way of uh, commenting on things and or, or having a joke, you know what I mean? I think that that whole concept of having a joke these days is sort of fraught with danger because what one person's joke is is obviously probably hurtful or harmful to somebody else. I don't know, to be honest, where where it's going to come out in the wash, but, I mean, I, at this point in time, it's just a fine line you've got to walk. You don't intend to upset anyone. And probably the best way is to keep taking the piss out of yourself because then you, <laughs> you can't get in trouble. <laughs> You're a runner-up in a TV series for which this woman, who released a memoir called Truths from an Unreliable Witness recently, you spent some time with, and that is of Fiona O'Loughlin. Fiona's a wonderful, wonderful human being, and her and I got on very, very well uh, whilst we are in, in um, almost every get me out of here. It was just because I, I, didn't really, I, I didn't know her at all before that, so um, to get to know her and then to just to hear about a lot of the the stories, and, and funnily enough, he came from a very similar background. She was um, they were a farming family in, in South Australia, obviously. So we had a lot in common in that sense, you know. And but just to hear her open up and tell stories about the struggles that she's had with alcoholism and and uh, alcohol addiction, and to the point where it nearly killed her, you know what I mean. And then to come back from that and then win the show, you know, like, like Dead said, couldn't uh, couldn't have. Couldn't have taken the win if I, if I even had won it, to be honest. I was so happy for her and, and she's done so well. She looks fantastic today. I, I seen her in a post this morning on Instagram. She looks amazing, you know what I mean? Because we all look pretty pretty raggedy in, by the end of that show in there because we were starved to death and, and I looked a bit rough and probably hadn't had much sleep for the whole time we are in there. So, yeah, credit to Fiona and I'd love to, yes, next time to see her again whenever I can. But... I uh, wish her nothing but the best. She's, she's an amazing human being and amazing amount of strength as well. So, yeah, good luck to her and hope she does great. You wrote a book called So Far. Is there another book yeah. from Shannon Knoll in the the works in the next couple of years? Yeah, most definitely. We've been talking about it uh, recently here in the office um, with my manager and that's why I sort of called that one So Far because it was only up to a certain point. I knew that I wanted to uh, to elaborate on it further <laughs> Funnily enough, I've, you know, I've created a fair few um, talking points since that book came out, which um, would probably people find interesting. But the journey was definitely uh, nowhere near finished when we wrote that, when I wrote that. So 
I think um, there's definitely room for something to come out again soon. Your middle name is Neil. Your father's name was Neil. How much of his legacy do you wish to live? Not that you're not living your own life, but to actually respect yep. and honour his life through what you do. Oh, most definitely. You know, I, I, every time I sing Now I Run on stage, that's obviously about Dad and, and I, I introduce a song by saying this is about the best man that I've ever known, you know. Um, in all honesty, the career's been fantastic and, and wonderful, but if I had to give it all back to have him back, I would do it in the blink of an eye, you know what I mean, and go back working side by side with him on the farm, you know. It's, especially when now with, with the... With Colton coming uh, around the place, and and like he only Cody was six weeks old when we lost Dad, so he sort of he never got to know any of my kids really, and they never got to know him, which for me was a huge is a huge uh, thing to try and get past, if you know what I mean, because uh, you know he not no matter how much I lost from losing him, and how much he lost from not being here to see what's happening now. My kids lost as well, as well and my brother's kids lost as well because none of them really got to know him except through, you know, how we speak about him. And I'm always bringing him up and, and they definitely know. They're always asking about him too when we talk about stories and that sort of thing. So he's living on in that sense, you know, and, and he's still such a held in such high regard with my brothers and I and mum, of course, you know, she's the one who's had to do it the toughest out of a lot of us, you know, losing losing the love of her life, which every day I still, it breaks my heart to think that she's getting in a cold, cold, empty bed every night by herself and they were such, because they were inseparable, you know. They went everywhere together and, and um, they were that true love couple that, you know, we're all, we're all told about is out there when we're, that very few seem to find these days, you know, so... It's so hard on her with that, but she's living through the kids, I think. It's, it's like she's ringing out with FaceTime nearly every day just to see the little fella. She's getting so much joy out of that. So Earlier this year, yeah. you and the brothers, the Noel brothers, did a cover of Only 19, which I believe got Schumann's tick of approval of yeah, as well. Yeah. My grandfather was a rat at the brook. He was like, I think when, when the announcement went went uh, out about People signing up. He was him and his mates were in Woolloomooloo, I think, and they were like 66th and 67th that to, to sign up uh, from the very beginning. So that's very important to me. You know the sacrifice that people make for our own safety and and, and lifestyle and way of life. You know is, is so so very important when they can when they're willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. And I think one the biggest thing what what frustrates me at the moment is the lack of support that the return servicemen are getting you know suicide is just rampant there's twice there's been twice as many suicides uh, than people who actually we, we lost in action over in Afghanistan and, and Iraq and that so something's sadly wrong that we've got to try and work on somehow um, to support these people who come back with obviously PTSD and, and some obviously mental scars that they probably will never get over and we need to do a bit more if we can, you know. So I'm, I'm an ambassador for Soldier On, trying to help them out anywhere I can and, and I think, you know, my opinion, it's it's what I, I think I should do and I think it's the right thing to do to try and use my profile in any way I can, shed some light to the, their, their cause or to very, very least respect them and admire them for the sacrifice that, that a lot of them have made and still make today. The new single, Wonderful, has gone straight to the top 20 overall charts. And the cut before that with Southbound called Find Our Way was number one and continues to be up there in the charts on what's known as the country charts. Do you feel like you're moving towards the country genre or is the country genre moving to you? 
What's that relationship <laughs> like? And congratulations on Find Our Way as well. Thanks, John. Thank you. I appreciate it, mate. Yeah, it's, it's a good question, mate. I think um, I've always got that bit of rock and roll in me that I love performing with rock production and rock bands and rock sound. But in saying that too, obviously there's the country lyric that, that, I've, that I've got in my head from living on the land and, and being a part of the country growing up. So what I'm looking at moving forward is a Mellencampy type vibe, I think. You know, like he was probably rockier, but he had small town lyrics, if you know what I mean. So I'm sort of looking at trying to uh, trying to go down that area where where that falls into genre-wise is a hard one to choose, you know. It's because this this day and age, you know, you've got uh, most of the big acts in the States as poppy as any that they've just got a bit of slide guitar on them, you know what I mean? But they're actually pop songs sort of thing. So I think that line's been muddled a fair bit these days and there's a fair bit of creative um, well, free will, if, if, if uh, for want of a better word, to do whatever you want with it, you know. But I definitely think country's the biggest market in the world now. I think it's overtaken everything. Rock and pop and that as well. So it's a great genre and, and there's some great people in, in that genre. And I think it's a natural progression for me anyway because of simply from where I came from. With this current new single, I'm hearing Brian Adams and, of course, you toured with Brian yeah. Adams. Is there a bit yeah. of a Brian Adams vibe to this single and the music moving forward? Yeah, oh, it definitely is, mate. I think you know, Brian Adams is, is one hell of an artist some of the stuff that he's done, I think very similar vocally. So if I could have half the career, Brian Adams is that, I'd be pretty happy, you know. So I think you know, he's done some great music. And, and this song, it's, I think the love part of this song, the love song part of this song, if you know what I mean, lends itself to a lot of the stuff that Brian did as well over the years. So I think I can understand fully where the similarities come from. And like to tour with Brian Adams it was just mind-blowing because that was really early in the piece, you know. And I, somehow I came across a memory the other day when we played um, Room Service at the MTV Awards together on stage. And that was just a, an absolute moment for me. So, um, so, so some of the things that have happened over the years have been you know, absolutely unbelievable. What is Shannon Knoll currently listening to? It sounds like a basic kind of question, but you've got such yeah. an eclectic range. And here's your chance to give a leg up to maybe some artists we just don't know about. There's, uh, I mean, obviously Southbound, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of theirs and so happy for them for how the single's gone. The girls are, are all very, very talented in their own right. So obviously um big fan of theirs. And and Dana Grando is another good song I've written with the boys before, uh, another good band. So I've written with the boys before and we actually wrote the Southbound song with them in Vols. So a lot of these younger bands are, are up. There's such a diverse range of talent in Australia, you know, and just everything's changed so much these days. There's not a lot of, um, you know, growing an artist anymore. It's sort of they've got to be red hot from the start. And if they're not, they're sort of they're discarded a lot of times, which is just the way it works, I suppose. But um, it's great to see young talent coming through more and more in Australia. And uh, like Kid Leroy, he's, I know I've known his mum for years. And I met him when he was about six, I think, out in Broken Hills. To see him blowing up in the international scene is terrific. You know, obviously it's right into that rap R&B sort of world, which probably is pretty removed from mine, but credit where credit's due with uh, achievements, like someone like he's getting at the moment. So it's great to see Aussie talent getting recognised, you know. Great to have a single. The life these days of a musician seems to be all about singles and EPs, but you're a bit old school, so is there an album on the way? Yeah, most definitely. We're looking at doing, uh, I haven't done an acoustic album yet the whole time. So we've just been doing these acoustic shows because of the COVID numbers, obviously. It's the only, only way we could sort of make them viable. So I uh, reintroduced ourselves or myself to um, to how much fun the acoustic stuff is. And 
and how, how well it goes over. You know, it's the first time in a long time I've actually just sat down really engaged with the crowd, tell stories and just talk and, and interact, which has been fantastic. Normally it's just bang, bang, song after song, you know, and a little bit of banter here, a little bit of banter there. But this one's we've sort of uh, realised it's a pretty good platform. So we're going into the studio and, and we're going to record heaps of these songs as well with a couple of originals that I've never uh, released, including one called Alone that I completely wrote myself that I've just, I've just had up my sleeve for like, 15 years so it's great to be able to have to be able to have that song and, and get it on record and put it out but we're looking at doing a bit of vinyl stuff a few vinyl copies and some physical ones as well just because my fans are more likely to to get behind them ones so mm-hmm. just I, I love the idea of having, having something on vinyl even an anniversary one we spoke to mia dyson about the 15 year anniversary of parking lots from her that's just on vinyl for that very reason yeah absolutely You've left a nugget there to talk about alone at a different time because our time today means I need to be left alone and you need to move on. But Shannon Knoll, thanks very much for joining Radio Notes. Thanks very much, Sean. You're a legend. Thanks, buddy. Shannon Knoll. Single is wonderful. That can also be found on the 2021 album Raw. Find Shannon online at shannonknoll.com. Thanks very much to Shannon Knoll. Coming up, Hayden Matthews. And for our 100th episode, we'll be checking in with Channel 9 weather presenter, Jessica Braithwaite. RadioNotesPodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia. 